Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the story behind every book. I have to tell you that there's a very special person joining me today as my guest. Her name is Dr. Donna Clovis, and she's here to talk about her book, The Kingfisher. Now, Dr. Clovis has quite a resume. And I can't go through everything she's done, but I do want to give you just a few highlights. First of all, she's earned her doctorate from Teachers College at Columbia University in Arts and Humanities. Currently, she's an assistant professor of English and Theater for Ryder University. Her work includes writing plays and working with McCarter Theater's award-winning artistic director and resident playwright, Emily Mann. Dr. Clovis has won two journalism fellowships, the McCloy Fellowship from the American Council on Germany and Harvard University, and a Prudential Fellowship from Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism. She's also an award-winning author and is the current Outstanding Book Award winner in 2019 and 2020 for the National Association of Black Journalists. Dr. Clovis writes historical fiction and fantasy novels about one of my favorite places on earth, Princeton, New Jersey. Donna, welcome to Books on Air. It is such a pleasure to have you. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. Now, I'm always curious about writers. I'm a writer myself, and I know how I came to writing, but there are always stories behind how a writer comes to be a writer. Sometimes they were a child and they started reading and the the books that they read influenced them and they decided they wanted to write or a teacher or a professor gave an assignment, a writing assignment, and they recognize a spark of creative ability when the, the young person hands in their assignment. Sometimes there's some kind of seminal event that will happen for an author. And whether it's positive or negative, there's a compulsion for them to share whatever that event is with the world. I'm curious, Donna Clovis, how did you become a writer? How young were you and when did you start? I'd have to say I was eight years old and I love to read highlights. And my first piece of writing in poetry was on highlights. Um, and from there, I just kept writing and writing and writing, and just it just hasn't ended. So, um, yeah, I started as an eight-year-old, believe it or not, in Highlights magazine. You know, that is just, that is amazing. And Highlights magazine, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was one of the coolest magazines for kids. And I can see how you were influenced. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I was like, wow, um, to be able to have that influence, I was like totally shocked. But I kept writing, and I had teachers who kept supporting me, and I just kept writing and writing, and this is where I've ended up. Well, you certainly ended up in a wonderful place. How did you decide to start writing about Princeton? How did that happen? Well, it happened to be something that was or place. It has to do with place. You know, where are you living? Um, and it so happened that 
I was just leaving Germany, um, working in journalism, and ended up in Princeton and living there with our children. And believe it or not, um, it was like, wow, I kind of fell into this place of uh, African-American heritage um, that I didn't expect to even be in because I was an outside observer, actually. And um, all of a sudden, we were living there. And in living there, we began to talk to people and talk to people in the community. And these older people, I mean, these older people that were 100, 104, 105, and all of a sudden they started telling me their stories. And I was like, oh, my God, I've got to record their stories. I'll bet they couldn't wait to tell you their stories. No, and that was so, what was so wild is that they couldn't wait to tell me, and I couldn't wait to be there. And um, my children, I have a son and a daughter um, who were like um, maybe seven or eight years old that were part of the stories that we were telling. So it was like, okay, this is something we've got to tell. This is something that's part of you. This is part of African-American history. And all of a sudden, my life and my lives and my children are parts of African-American history. What drew you to write fiction and fantasy? Well, believe it or not, documentary did. Really? Because I'm actually a journalist. I'm a documentary writer, so I, I work from history. But... I also felt in working from history, it was important that I also embodied the language of fantasy because it allowed people to think outside of the box. And it allowed my kids to think outside of the box. And that was so important. And my children could think outside of the box. And could you imagine that? You're kids are part of that story. And day by day, we fell into spaces where we were able to tell the stories where on Rosedale Road, I don't know how we ended up there, but we were there telling the story of, of African American history. The Kingfisher is amazing. This is the first one of your books I have read. And I told you before we started talking, I gave you a compliment about your writing, and I'm going to say it now because you are extraordinary. Your prose is almost just poetry. It has wings. When I began to read the first few pages in the introduction of The Kingfisher, I just couldn't believe it. I have read a lot. I have interviewed a lot of authors. And you, you have so much talent. It just leaps off the page and pulled me. I mean, I felt myself falling right into that book. That's extraordinary, Donna. You oh, just thank oh, you. no, I mean every word of it. If anybody has listened to these podcasts, 
I'm I'm trying not to be too effusive, but I was so impressed with the way that you started the book. And I wonder, do you think the fact that you are also a playwright has influenced the way that you write fiction? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, because you see the action on the page. Mm-hmm. You see people acting in front of you. You see all the pieces falling together. I, I, I think when I think of the um, Kingfisher and I think of the, the first few chapters and I think and I look at it and I see, you know, we're, we're part of this. I mean, you're all part of this. You, me, um, we're falling backwards into time and there's this descent and, and yet we're able to be able to tell a story and we're able to tell a story together. And I think that's the beauty in this is that there's a story and there's a story that we tell together and we can't tell it without each other. And, and, and that's the love of it. I I mean, and that's the, it's what goes beyond um, uh, your beyond race. It's not about race. It's about story and how we tell story and how we hold on to each other. And that's the beauty. And stories are so very, very powerful for us as human beings. Yeah. I do a little brain research. I'm a custom curriculum writer and have written some fiction myself. And so I, I, I'm curious about how our heads work. And so I've done a little brain research and I stumbled on some statistics about stories and how a story lights up parts of the human brain that are lit up by nothing else but storytelling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's just amazing. Let's give the listeners an overview and sort of a preview of what the Kingfisher is about. Well, I think about this. It says the twilight is legendary. It's the first blue moon since 1944, and it arrives at Princeton University on October 31st, 2020. And in this moment, you realize, I took you to a place where your mind becomes a book. It is the story of Kingfisher, a savior for black mankind and mama, the voice of the lullaby that cries to save him from the knee of the police like 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 George Floyd. Mama cries to protect her life, his breath, and you. You, the reader, participate in this special quest. I love that, that you make the reader a part of the story. Now, the Kingfisher is not all human. Describe the kingfisher for me. The kingfisher is mythological, part, I think, feather-like, part dragon-like, but there's this, this humanity, this feeling. I think of, you know, what looks in the darkness, for you enter here at the darkest point, And suddenly you catch your breath to land on the soft feathers, but cold and scaly-like. But barrel your your fall, and 
You feel its heartbeat thumping. The floor is alive. And the only light you see is the slither of the moon of a jail bar window. Yes, the candlelight flickers sedately. But you feel the feathers. You feel the life. You feel the warmth of the Kingfisher. Wow, I love that. (laughs) I love that. Who do you think will read The Kingfisher? Who did you have in mind when you wrote it? What audience? Um, I thought of all kinds of young adult readers, but beyond that, people who had read the story of uh, George Floyd and him losing his, his voice and losing his breath, but relying on Mama, relying on the lullaby of Mama. And I, I, I just, you know, keep going back to that chapter about Mama and about the lullaby and what keeps us alive as readers, as writers, as people, as stories. You know, I think the lullabies are the song. I'm sure that our listeners, you've shared parts of the book with us, and I'm sure they're saying to themselves, where can I find this wonderful book? It's on Amazon. And let me give you specific spellings and and titles so that you can find it. Now, if you've never been to Amazon, all you have to do is put that in your search feature. You really don't even have to put anything with the word Amazon, and it comes right up. And there's a big, if you've never been there, there's a big kind of a rectangular search box. Just type in the title of Dr. Clovis's book, The Kingfisher. And Kingfisher is all one word, K I N G. F-I-S-H-E-R by Dr. D-R period Donna D-O-N-N-A Clovis C-L-O-V-I-S. When you click on that, it will bring you right to the book. And in the upper right-hand corner of the representation of the cover, it says, look here. If you'll click on those two words, the book will electronically open And there's a short excerpt from the Kingfisher that will just pull you right in. You'll see exactly what I mean about Donna's words and how her prose just reaches out and pulls you as the reader right into the book. Donna, the book is available other places. If someone does not, I mean, I know everyone doesn't like to buy their books from Amazon. They like to give other people uh, an opportunity to sell as well. Where else could they find the Kingfisher? Uh, Barnes & Noble. I mean, uh, one of the really nice things is because of, of being in Princeton, I've had several book signings in Princeton. Um, but even if you're not in Princeton, you can go to barnesandnoble.com, and that's all over the world. Do you have a website? Yes, donnaclovis.com. It has all my 10 books on it and um, conversations, and it's, it's, I, I hope people will look at it. And you're also on social media. You've done Facebook. You've done Twitter. Let's tell them how to find you. 
I'm on Instagram, Dakota.com. Um, I'm on Dakota.5311. I do mono, uh, monologues on there. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Dakota. You know, dot five, you know, dot com, um, and Twitter. So you can find me on on all social media. You're everywhere out there. Excellent. I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Is there when the the listener becomes a reader, and they pick up a copy of the Kingfisher, whether it's electronic or physical, and they sit down and they read the book. And they're on that last page, and they read the last page, and the back cover closes as they finish it. What do you want that reader to leave with from the book? Believe it or not, it's chapter 16, and it's really kind of cool. It's about lullabies, and it says, lullabies soothe the nature of lullabies, an explanation in song. It's a repetitive melody that Mama never forgets and the infant always remembers. I'm going to stop there. Oh, that's perfect. That's just perfect. Donna, it has been such an absolute pleasure to talk with you. It's always a pleasure to talk with someone who has such a wonderful creative mind and such a wonderful creative outlook. And you have just done so many creative things. I feel like I'm in the presence of true creativity. And I've said that word about 60 times right now, but it's just been so much fun to talk to you. I wish we could sit down. And it's been fun to talk to you too. And I want to thank Emily Mann for, for working with me as well in playwriting this is such an amazing journey, and um, thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing the journey, and I hope other people in their reading continue the journey with us. I love it. I hope so as well. Thank you again, Donna. Now, thank re- you. Remember, you can find The Kingfisher by Dr. Donna Clovis on Amazon. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope you'll join me for our next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so very much for listening.